It's good to be here tonight. It's always a blessing to come together to, to worship in the middle of the week, to uh, remember why we're here in this life, and that's to worship our Heavenly Father. Uh, very appreciative for your attendance. Uh, we also want to thank the visitors uh, for being here tonight. If you consider yourself to be one, uh, we're very happy that you chose to worship with us, and we hope that uh, you'll come back and worship with us again. Um, to start off tonight, um, based off of the reading that Jeremiah read for us, and by the invitation song, you could probably guess what we're going to talk about. Um, and we're going to get into more of this as, as the lesson goes along. I'm guessing that most of us here probably have not raised sheep before. Uh, there might be a few in this room that have. Um, and Jesus talks about that uh, in detail and, and relates that. And so I want to uh, introduce this topic by maybe not talking about that specifically, but maybe something uh, where we can understand the principle that Jesus is talking about. Uh, and I believe one of the greatest ways we can think about in talking about the lost sheep and seeking and saving the lost is thinking of your children. Now, some of you, you won't have to think very hard because you have children. Some of us have no children, uh, so you have to think a little bit harder about that. But I want you to imagine that as life goes along, that uh, you meet your, your spouse, uh, just like I met my spouse, uh, you date your spouse, you get married, and life goes along, you would do anything for that spouse. You love that spouse to death, right? That's your spouse. That's my wife. That's my husband, right? And, and life goes along, and you go through many difficult times. You go through many great times with your spouse. You love your spouse. And if life goes along further, uh, hopefully, Lord willing, you have children. And when you have children, uh, it's another great blessing from God. You love that child more than anything else in the world. I hear parents talk about that all the time, and I look forward to that day. But maybe you remember that time whenever you had your first child, and uh, all that time leading up to that was stressful, uh, exciting, but when the child came, you looked in that child's eyes, and you realized just how much you loved that child to death, and you do with anything for that child, anything. And life goes along, and kind of like what Levi talked about, you hopefully would have more kids uh, in time's future, in the, in the future to come and more kids come and, and you would do anything for those kids and we know that uh, the way of life is you grow older and your kids grow older and so you go along life's way and, and you love each of these kids they have different talents they have different personalities and uh, there comes a night where you're just sitting in the living room and you're with your family and you're enjoying one another's company you're just living life everything is going great um, you're just doing the normal thing that you would do on a, on a weeknight and you're uh, talking to your family, you're talking to your wife, you're talking to your kids. And you go to bed just like you have for, you know, every other day of your life, not thinking anything. And as time goes along, it, it becomes the middle of the night. And there's a loud bang and you immediately wake up. And as you open your eyes, you see that your house is on fire. You see that your house is on fire and your immediate thought is, is my wife okay? Are my kids okay? And so you look to your spouse and, and thank God they're okay. They're right next to you. But you think, well, I got to go make sure the kids are okay. They got to be safe. And so you go throughout the house and, and you go to your kids' rooms and you see them. And they're in, you know, distraught. They're, they're terrified. They've gotten into this situation. And as time goes along, 
You see that, you pick up this child that is your firstborn. And you see that you can't go out this room with both of you. You can't do it. And so you think, well, I want my kid to live. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to die, but, but my kid's got to live. And so you throw your kid across to your spouse, and that kid goes to safety. And they make it out alive, but you have to die for that child because that was the only way for them to be safe. And when we think about what Jesus talks about in the sheep and the shepherd, I want to tell you it's that very thing. Maybe not in all those types of details, but I'll tell you it's the very principle that the shepherd would give his life for the sheep. And this evening, what I want to talk about is the mission of the church. And that mission is the same thing that Jesus talked about, the same thing, the reason Jesus came here, which is to seek and save the lost. Now I want to start with a man called Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. I can't remember how, I, I forgot how to pronounce the name now that I'm talking about it. But one of those two names. I want to read what Jesus uh, did with this man, Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, Luke records this for us. In verse number 1 it says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd. For he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, or look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So this is a story that most of us have probably heard, that we understand the principle that Jesus is talking about. This is probably nothing new. But we understand that there's a man named Zacchaeus. And we read about Zacchaeus, and it talks about... Uh, at the beginning of this chapter, that he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. The chief tax collectors, those that were tax collectors like Matthew, we've been reading uh, the different chapters of Matthew on our Sunday uh, evening chapter studies. The tax collectors were not, um, we'll just say, the best friends of the Jews. They were not looked at in the best way. And so you can imagine the people's reaction as Jesus is conversing with Zacchaeus, and he tells him, Zacchaeus, make haste. I'm going to come eat with you today. And we also know that this man, Zacchaeus, was a rich man. You might remember another story that Jesus talked about, about the rich young ruler, and how he had great possessions. And the story goes along how that man went away sorrowful. But Zacchaeus was different. Zacchaeus realized that he needed something, and that was salvation. And Jesus, as time goes along, uh, as we read in the 10th verse, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And we'll come back to this story in just a moment. But the point is here tonight, is why did Jesus come to this earth? If we could sum it up in one phrase, why did Jesus come? It was to seek and to save that which is lost. And we're going to come back to this passage in just a moment. And uh, I want to look at 
uh, the word seek. What does that word seek mean? If you look it up in the Greek, it means uh, it's the word zeteo. Uh, properly to seek by inquiring, to investigate, to reach a binding terminal resolution, to cert, getting to the bottom of a matter. I'm familiar with getting to the bottom of the matter. Uh, there's times where I'll say, well, let's just get to the matter. Let's get to the chase, right? We understand probably about that, that type of terminology. But we see here that seeking requires a lot of dedication. It requires a lot of action. It's not just seeing something and, and, you know, I'm done. It's seeking after it. It's to search, getting to the bottom of the matter. And so when we're talking about seeking and saving the lost, that's what we're talking about. What Jeremiah read for us in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 1, it says, Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him, and the Pharisees, scribes, complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke the parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And so a similar situation here. Uh, Jesus uh, tends to those that are lost, as he talks about here. He's tending to those that are tax collectors and sinners. And you could just see the scene here. Uh, the Pharisees and the scribes complain about that. Just like others complained about Zacchaeus. They're complaining now that Jesus is spending too much time with the Pharisees and the sinners. But notice what he talks about here. He talks about the parable of the lost sheep. And he says, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Jesus was cut into the chase here. Jesus told them why he was here. He said, I'm going to spend those time with those that need salvation, with those that are lost. And he talks about how he would lead the ninety-nine to go find the one. This is a picture that I saw one time and I thought it rings very true. Jesus leaving 99 to find one seems crazy until you are that one. Until you are that one. We think about it from a, uh, a logical standpoint, maybe not understanding Jesus, and we would think, why are you going to leave 99 sheep to go follow after one sheep? And then we remember, that sheep was me. And that sheep was you. Yeah, it might, sound, it might sound crazy to leave 99 sheep, but thank God Jesus left the 99 to come after the one that was lost. Because that sheep was you, and that sheep was me. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus here speaking, and it says, Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find Knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if, he, uh, if his son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish will he give him a serpent? I will stop here for just a moment. So this is Jesus talking about um, us going before the Father. And he talks about a few actions that I think are very important that lead to a result. He starts in verse number uh, 8, and he says, For everyone who asks, receives. And it says, He who seeks, finds. 
And to him who knocks, it will be opened. I would say that Jesus is making a promise here. Now, we read other scriptures and talks about that we should not ask amiss. And I understand that. But a lot of times, we don't want to ask about the specific things and seek for the right things. And so we just don't even ask. But you know what Jesus says here? He says, if you ask, you will receive. You see, there are a lot of door of opportunities out there that Jesus and God give us every single day. And all they're asking us to do is to ask and you will receive. Have you asked? And when I'm talking about asking, I mean praying to God. God, help me seek and save the lost. Help me seek after that one. Help me do that. And God will help you do that. I assure you. Because there are a lot of people that are lost out there. We were one of them. And we need someone that's going to go seek after them to save them. And that's what we will have if we seek after them. It says, he who asks, receive. He who seeks, finds. He who knocks, it will be open. In verse 9 it says, Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? So Jesus proving a point here. Whenever you ask God for, uh, for something, he's going to just give you the complete opposite. No, he's not going to do that. He continues on in verse number 11. If you then being evil how, uh, know how to give good gifts to your father, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. There's so many door of opportunities, but Jesus tells us, and he tells us plainly, we've got to ask. We've got to ask for those opportunities, and we'll see those opportunities played out in our everyday lives. So it leads to the question, how hard are we really seeking? How hard are we really seeking? Seeking, we know, does not equal waiting. We might just wait for someone to come to us before we want to teach someone the gospel. That's not, that's not what we're here to do. That's, a lot of times, that's the easy way. That's the easiest thing that happens is when someone comes and we uh, respond based upon them coming to us. But seeking implies that we're the ones going out there. And so seeking is not waiting for someone to come to you, but for you to go to them because that's what Jesus did. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. We need to seek, ask, and knock like it's us behind that door. There's many opportunities that God gives us today. And we need to remember that we were lost at one point in time. And thank God someone opened the door for us. Thank God that someone went and sought after us. And that was Jesus, ultimately. But thank God there was someone, a brother and sister, that was willing to do that. Are we really seeking? Are we really seeking? I think of times in my life where the answer is, I'm really not seeking that hard. In fact, I'm waiting. And we're not to wait. We're to go and seek. Notice what Jesus said. This is uh, the parable the lost sheep is told in Matthew chapter 18. He says, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one, goes to them, one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strange? You know, Jesus, when he was talking about seeking after the lost sheep, you know what he had to do? He had to leave all those behind, the 99 sheep that were his. He had to leave those behind, and he went into the mountains. He went off on a journey, and he had a mission, and he was saying, you know what, I'm going to find that lost sheep, because I care about that lost sheep. 
And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about seeking. We're seeking. We're going to the mountains. We're going to the desert. We're going to go find that lost sheep, just like Jesus. In Luke chapter 15, uh, this is after the parable of the lost sheep. Uh, this is what, uh, the end of what Jeremiah read for us. It says, Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And so he talks about this, this lady who has ten coins. Um, and I did some research on that. Uh, and basically, those coins were uh, of a very small value. I think it was about 15 cents each or so. And, they, and she had 10 coins, and she lost one of those coins. Now, 15 cents isn't much, but it's a lot whenever you only have 10 of them. And so this woman, she realized that she loses this, and so she goes around her house, and she looks everywhere for this coin. She brings her lamp. She, she's looking under things. She's trying to find the coin to the best of her ability. She is seeking after the coin. That's what we're talking about in seeking. This is a picture of me when I was in middle school. There is a purpose to this picture. I'm not just putting this up here for fun. But this is a picture of me in middle school with my friend named Tyler. You could probably figure out which one I am. Um, when I was in middle school, I had a, a really good friend named Tyler. Uh, he, he, was, he was my best friend at the time, honestly. Um, and uh, we played baseball together. Uh, he'd come over and stay the night at my house or my parents' house from time to time. And we just really got to know each other and, and I really enjoyed Tyler. He was a huge friend to me. And really my middle school was, was a lot of time centered around my friendship with Tyler. Well, there came a day where um, I went to class and he wasn't there. I didn't know where he was at. Um, didn't know anything. So I'd, I think I asked maybe some classmates and a teacher, and they mentioned that he moved to, to Angleton. And I was thinking, why did he move to Angleton? <laughs> you know, why, why, would he, why would he do that? Um, and so, you know, I was pretty distraught about that. So, uh, you know, I'd go home, and, and some days I would get the phone book out, and I would look everywhere I could for a number that lined up under his mom's name to find him. Because I missed my best friend. I, I was so convinced that I was going to reach him. I was going to talk to my best friend and we would reunite and, and spend time together. Well, uh, I never found that number. Never found it. Uh, I, was, I was really upset. And I became to, you know, I, I came to acknowledge that I'm just not going to see him again. I'm probably not going to talk to him again. Um, that was really hard for me. Um, well, spoiler alert. Uh, five years ago, uh, Facebook is a thing. And so I, I reached out to this random person named Tyler Goodwin. Don't, don't reach out to Tyler Goodwin. That's not the moral of this story. So don't reach out to him. But I reached out to Tyler Goodwin and I said, hey, is this you? He said, yeah, that's me. And I was thinking, wow, I never thought I'd talk to you again. I never thought I'd see you again. And you know, we got to talk to each other and, you know, we're not the best buds anymore. You know, life goes along and things happen. But, but I'll tell you, when, when I found out that he wasn't there anymore, 
I wanted to do everything in my power to find him. To find his number, to find his mom who he is living with. I wanted to do everything in my power to do that. And you see, when something hits home close that is lost, we want to do everything in our power to seek after that and to bring it back. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about seeking. Is seeking the lost. How hard are we seeking? I want to talk about what seeking entails for just a moment. In Luke chapter 19, the story of Zacchaeus we read, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. The fact of the matter is that ultimately God gives us these people every day that I've seen that sometimes I don't see, but ultimately he gives us opportunities to seek the lost. And ultimately Jesus, um, Brother Rusty had talked about this in, in, uh, whenever he came and held a meeting here, uh, but ultimately Jesus was on his way to be crucified. Not literally on the way, but this was leading up to the time. It, it was pretty close to the time. And Jesus saw an opportunity to seek the lost sheep. He saw that opportunity. It was literally in front of his face. He looked up and he saw the opportunity that Zacchaeus was sitting in the tree and Zacchaeus sought after Jesus. Zacchaeus sought after salvation. And I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, there's a lot of people out there that are not seeking today, but there are some that are. And we need to be the ones seeking after them so they can ultimately have salvation. Jesus the greatest example of all, the one who taught us how to seek, looked for the opportunities. What about you? What about me? Do we look for the opportunities? Christ and God gives us these opportunities every day. Ultimately, he gives us so many of these opportunities. Um, there's times in my life where uh, something would happen. I would go to a, a game. I would go to some community event. And a few days later, I think, you know, I really could have just talked to someone about the Bible very easily in that conversation. I mean, when, we, when we're talking about opportunities, I think sometimes we think that there's supposed to be this big idea, this big thing, this big formal thing. No. Jesus kept it very simple. Zacchaeus was in a tree, and Jesus saw an opportunity. Look for these opportunities. They're abundant. If we want to seek and save the lost, we have to seek after those opportunities just like Jesus did. Because they are there. And we also see that we need to stay focused when we're seeking. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 7, he said, But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. So the crowd around him did not approve of what Jesus did. But Jesus knew why he came to this earth. Jesus knew what he was here to do. And he fulfilled that. He knew that he was here to seek and save the lost, and so he was willing to stay focused. And how many times in our life, there might be other people that, you know, and I'm not saying let's get in terrible situations. Don't, don't take that from what, I'm, from what I'm saying. But we need to stay focused. We need to remember really why we're here, and that's to seek and save the lost. And Jesus recognized that, and ultimately we need to stay focused and do the same. I want to talk about saving the lost uh, finally this evening. That word save... Once again, from Luke chapter 19, verse 10, uh, it's sozo from SOS, safe, rescue. We know that term SOS. You, you've probably seen that on movies. They'll, you know, you're on that typical beach and you want someone to see, I'm going to write SOS so they can see. Well, guess where that came from? That, that's what we're talking about here is being saved, being rescued, properly delivered out of danger and into safety. 
used principally of God rescuing believers from the penalty and power of sin and into his provisions, safety. Safety means that you're being rescued from something that is dangerous. That's what safety means. When we talk about being saved from our sins, we're talking about being saved from our sins because we're in a dangerous position, which is hellfire, which is damnation. And so Jesus came to seek and to save us from that terrible situation. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And so when we're talking about saving, that's what we're talking about, being rescued by Jesus, Him rescuing His lost sheep. In John chapter 10, it talks about our good shepherd Jesus. And I want to read this. Some great information here about Jesus. In John chapter 10, verses 7 through 11, it says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one that looks after the sheep and saves the sheep. In verse number 9, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in, out, and find pasture. In different contexts, we see uh, the sheep referring to the church, the kingdom. But in other passages, we, we see that the sheep is talking about really anyone that's lost. Like we talked about uh, with um, the parable of the lost sheep in Luke. And ultimately, that door is not just a door of opportunity, but it's also a door of safety. You know what Jesus said? He said, I am the door. I'm the door. You know what it means by that? It means that he leaves the 99 sheep and he goes into the wilderness. He goes into the desert, the mountains, and he tries to find that sheep. And ultimately, what does he do? He goes after it until he finds it. He's not satisfied until that sheep is safe. He's going to do everything in his power until that sheep is safe. He goes all over the place until that sheep is safe. And brothers and sisters, that's us. We are the lost sheep. There are others lost sheep as well. But Jesus ultimately saves the lost. And what does it say? It says, when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. It's just like the parent whose child has been, who's been away for so long doing terrible things, just like the prodigal son. And when they come back, they rejoice. He throws them on his shoulder. He goes back and he rejoices because the lost sheep is saved. Because he came to seek and save the lost. You see that was Christ's mission. He laid it upon his shoulders to bring it to safety. He realized that that sheep, they're not coming back unless I help them back. Unless I save them. And how true is that of us? We need that help. We need that safety. And so did the other lost sheep as well. 
This reminded me of a very interesting situation. This is a picture of President Harry Truman. Uh, and he awarded uh, Corporal Desmond Doss the Medal of Honor. Uh, Doss served as an unarmed U.S. Army medic in World War II. I'm not sure those of you who have heard of this name before, but this is a man who was a man of faith. And he had some interesting beliefs, but nonetheless, he was a man of faith. And he went out and he, he joined the army and he was going to be a medic. He wanted to save. He wanted to help in the army. But his belief was that I can't carry a gun. I can't have a gun. I'm not doing anything with a gun. And so you can imagine um, <laughs> the, the fellow army men next to him, you know, they made fun of him. They thought that was kind of dumb. And so they teased him about that. They, they bullied him about that. And time goes along and he gets the opportunity to be a medic in the army. Well, there was a retreat that was ordered during the Battle of Hacksaw Ridge in Okinawa, Okinawa, Japan during World War II. This is a real story. In Hacksaw Ridge, they were in a bad position. They were, they were toast, basically. The, the army was toast. And so they ordered that everyone should retreat because they didn't want anyone else dead out there. So that was the order. But this guy, Desmond Doss, had other plans. Desmond Doss made it in a point, and he prayed to God. He said, please, Lord, help me just get one more. And so Desmond Doss went out into the battlefield, and he tried to save as many as he could, one after another, after another, after another. And ultimately, Doss saved 75 men that day in Hacksaw Ridge. This man was a man of service was a man of faith, was a man of love toward those people that even ridiculed him, those people that even made fun of him. He made it a point to save as many as he could regardless of what his relationship was with them. And who does that sound like to you? Is there any name that sounds familiar when we talk about someone that's going to save others that are their enemies? I think there's one person in particular that we know, and that man is Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 22 through 24, it says, Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Peter tells us the fact of the matter is that we were like sheep going astray and Jesus brought us back. Because there is a battlefield out there in the world. A battlefield of sin, a battlefield of darkness that all of us were a part of at one point in, in time, or maybe still are. But Jesus was willing to go into the darkness and to save us. And praise God that he was willing to do that because we definitely could not save ourselves. Those men in Hacksaw Ridge, they could not save themselves. They needed someone to bring them to safety. And that's what that man did. And that's what Jesus Christ does for you and I. Do you understand? This is a huge blessing from God. 
that he would seek and to save the lost, which is you and which is me. And so how that pertains to the mission of the church today. We know the Great Commission, right? What Jesus told his disciples before he returned back to the Father. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. You know why Jesus gave them this great commission? You know, Jesus, he had the power to save anyone. Jesus could have done this himself if he wanted to. But Jesus knew that after he died and was resurrected, that it was time to go back to heaven. And that he had to pass on the mission. And that mission has been passed on to us today as the church. And so when we talk about the mission of the church, that's what we're talking about. And he said, go into all the world and to make disciples. And he tells us words of encouragement at the end of verse 20. He says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. We realize today that we're not the ones that save anyone. We don't have that power. Only Jesus does through his blood. Only Jesus does through his sacrifice, through the death, burial, and resurrection. But you know what the great thing is? Is that when we go out into this dark world to seek and to save the lost, that we know that Jesus is right there beside us all along. And he knows exactly what situation we're dealing with because he did that for you and he did that for me. Jesus says in another passage that the fields are wide and ready for harvest. And I'll tell you the same thing. The fields are wide and ready for harvest in Pearland, Texas. The fields are wide and ready for harvest really across this globe. There's a gospel that needs to be preached and that's up to us to preach that, to seek and to save the lost. That's our mission, is to seek and save the lost. And as we talked about earlier, Jesus leaving 99 to find one seems crazy until you're that one. So I want to ask you tonight, are you the lost sheep? Jesus doesn't care about what you did in your past. Whether you became a child of God, whether you've never become a child of God, what he cares about right now is are you lost? I want to tell you, if you're lost, Jesus is, Jesus is right there beside you. He's waiting for you to come back. I'm serious. He's right there. He's come to you. Why don't you come back to him? You might be lost tonight, but I want to tell you that Jesus can save you, that we have a congregation here that wants to help you and to put our loving arms around you because all of us, we know we don't have anything to boast about because we were the lost sheep at one point in time and maybe that's you tonight and you can be saved. But I want to also ask you tonight, are you willing to make a commitment to seek and to save the lost sheep? Because Jesus Christ and God himself are relying on you to do that. Because we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're the body of Christ. And we have a great mission. And so tonight... If you're lost, come forward and be saved and, and know that you have a home waiting for you in heaven and Jesus is there to save you. But maybe tonight you need to make a commitment. Maybe tonight you need to have the congregation pray for you because you know that you haven't done this. I'll tell you, I think all of us in this room can work on this.
All, every single one of us. So you're not alone, but maybe you need help in prayer. And I want to tell you, we're here to help you and to pray for you. If you'd like to become a child of God tonight, if you'd like to be saved, if you'd like to request the prayers of the church, please come out to see it on the front row. I'll be standing and sing the song.